Inshallah, we're going to uh, have a discussion on funerals and uh, inshallah with me is Ustad Khalid Hassan uh, we're at Medina College and it's also on uh, YouTube live uh, if you've got your any questions then please feel free to uh, send them on the Instagram inshallah uh, on the topic of uh, funerals Okay, the reason this is the topic that we're speaking about is, uh, I think, evident to everyone who, uh, you know, uh, living in this time has lost someone who's beloved and, you know, uh, also there's a fear of losing someone if you haven't lost someone as a result of COVID and the like. So uh, I think it's important to reflect over funerals as well as, you know, what's before funerals and uh, what happens after funerals as well to the deceased perhaps and to those that they leave behind uh, how they can best prepare for their own funeral and help those that are uh, you know on the deathbed or like prepare for their funeral inshallah so that's the topic inshallah so uh, without uh, going on too much we'll go straight into the topic inshallah with uh, Ustad Khalid uh, inshallah uh, give salam to Ustad everyone's you're, you're on oh wa alaykum salam bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa salatu wa salam ala nabiyyina muhammadin uh, um, naam, so obviously you know this this topic of death is a very important topic and inshallah ta'ala uh, we're going to try to obviously speak about the most important masai um, relating to that so Sheikh Abdul Wahid um, when it comes to the topic of grief when it comes to the topic of death what's the Muslim standpoint to it um, I think Okay, so uh, first of all, we've come to mm. death, and one of the topics mm. that uh, is often missed is preparing for death. Yeah. So, uh, you know, often we think about preparing for death, and we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, fixing, making tawbah, mm -hmm. repenting mm -hmm. before you die, mm -hmm. and this is without a doubt very important because you want to meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala exactly. without having any. Yeah. Uh, in order to have claims against you, so mm -hmm. you want to rectify what is between you and other people. Exactly. Uh, you know, so that someone doesn't come on Yom Qiyamah and say, "Oh, you did this, and you didn't rectify it. You, mm -hmm. you oppressed me by backbiting. You oppressed mm -hmm. me by slandering me. You yeah. oppressed me by, for example, in the case of a relationship, not giving me my haq, the husband to the wife, the wife to the husband. So these are the things that you, that require tobu and require rectification before a person dies. That's one aspect. But another aspect which is not spoke, you know, talked about a lot, and I think this is really key here, mm -hmm. is uh, the practical uh, things which are going to happen after you. There's, you know, your kids. You might, if you're married, you can leave behind kids, all right? Okay. What advice are you leaving for your for your kids when mm -hmm. you die? Are you, what are you saying to them? Yeah. Do you, are you leaving a wasiyah like we know in the story of Luqman, for example? You know, the wasiyah to the children when you die. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, when you die, for example, your your absence is leaving a void for. The Mm -hmm. Are behind. So, for example, if you're married, your wife. If mm -hmm. you're a wife, your husband. Your parents, for example, if you died mm -hmm. before them, you're leaving a void. Okay, how, you know, how are they going to deal with this? This as well. Mm -hmm. So you got all those aspects, which uh, you know is not always spoken about. So I think the first one I want to ask and mm -hmm. just speak about is to do with, uh, you know, when a person dies, there's things that come out of their inheritance mm -hmm. before they die with the, that mm -hmm. they leave behind, and this is by way of planning for a funeral. So, mm -hmm. for example, there. 
funeral, the cost of the funeral. Yes, yeah, so can you speak about the things that, okay, let's, if we look at it, start from backwards and work in, mm -hmm. look at what happens after you've died, what's happening to your, what has to happen to your estate, to your estate your, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. The estate. I mean, and then we can prepare yeah, for that. Of course, obviously, so obviously just, you know, on a basis, inshallah ta'ala, you'll hopefully expand on some of these, yeah. but obviously some of the things that, if you look at the books of Fara'id, where you study Fara'id, they talk about, and Fara'id is, for those who don't know, there's some inheritance. So when you study some inheritance, before you even get into um, dividing the wealth, we have to deal with, okay, the, 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 the dead person, what does he own? And what needs to go to, um, respected individuals and respected institutions before the um the the tariqa, the the, the um his wealth is, is 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 distributed and one of them is obviously his funeral costs so obviously the ulama say that um, and generally obviously there's some of the things of hanabila but there's the ulama of obviously of, of our the, there's, there's there's general consensus in a lot of what they say in terms of um his funeral should be paid for so obviously that man and that comes out mm -hmm. of where out of his, his wealth out his, of his, his money wealth, yeah, his so money, he yeah. pays for his mm -hmm. own yeah, funeral yeah, it's not an expense which is paid not, for it's not for no 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 no, no. Yeah, especially with the kalam of the hanabla yeah. yeah so obviously um he pays for his shroud and things like that and obviously in the uk or in the West in general, and even maybe some Muslim countries, obviously that may might even include grave costs. Yeah, so which is how much? What we're speaking obviously about? Obviously, we're looking at them from three to five thousand pounds. Yeah, even maybe even six thousand pounds. Yeah. Um. So obviously, you have those costs. Yeah. Um. And obviously, debt. His debt has to be paid before. Um. Obviously, if he has any debts, and he needs to, his debts need to be paid. Yeah. So obviously, these are some of the very important issues that um Muslims obviously need to look into. Yeah. Um, do you have any more things that you'd like to expand upon, inshallah ta'ala, with regards to what we do before we even bury the person, yeah. somewhere where his money goes to? Um, yeah, I think, like you mentioned, so the funeral costs mm -hmm. and the shroud, the burial. Mm -hmm. And what I want to, I guess, what's important here is that it's on the person. Mm -hmm. It's not something that he thinks, okay, no worries. When I die, someone else is going to take care mm -hmm. of it. Meaning mm -hmm. that our mindset, mm -hmm. when you see death all around you, the question I think everyone should ask themselves is, okay, mm -hmm. What have I got planned for when mm -hmm. I die? Mm -hmm. I, have we planned our funeral? Exactly. It sounds a bit morbid, but the point is, you know, we plan, Serenity. for example, why are we studying it at university to the degree mm -hmm. so we can get a career? We're planning our, mm -hmm. our work, we're planning our education. We're planning. Mm -hmm. At the same time, just because you're young doesn't mean you're not going to mm -hmm. die, meaning mm -hmm. that you're 30s, 40s, mm -hmm. anyone you can die at any age, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the question is, you know, as mm -hmm. well as thinking about, you know, uh, what your next job is going to be, what, you should also think about when you die, mm -hmm. who's, have you got your funeral expenses paid mm -hmm. for? Mm -hmm. Is it something that you've got planned? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is a wasiya. Have you, the wasiya, exactly. Yeah, have you left a, mm -hmm. a parting advice? A parting advice, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mm -hmm. think it's about planning the practical steps of the mm -hmm. funeral, mm -hmm. not just as in addition to the tawbah and stuff like that. And I think that's obviously what, when it comes down to it, mashallah, when you say that obviously planning your funeral, obviously, you know, you might see adverts in TV where you might see, you know, when people, you know, are told to pay, for example, life insurance or something like that. And obviously as a Muslim, that's not something that we do. And I think obviously many Muslims who may, for example, come from other countries where this thing isn't something that's necessary. You just simply, you know, the graveyard is a communal area where you don't even have to pay for. So we have to understand that that's not the case here. You have to actually think about that because if that doesn't happen, uh, we've already we've so many, you know, we get so many text messages about a brother who who's died, who's in the morgue, and if nobody claims him, if nobody whatever, they're gonna just you know either you know incinerate him in a in a in a, in a uh, they're gonna cremate him or they're gonna put him in a pauper's grave or something like that. Yeah. So it's really really important that Muslims take understand that um, 
preparing for your funeral is very, very important. Yeah. Um, if you don't have the money, then obviously telling your loved ones and speaking to people about it that look in the case of my demise, at least letting them know this is what the costs may be so yeah. that the community can come together if you can't do it yourself. Yeah. But if you have the ability to do it yourself, then it's very important for you to yeah. do it yourself. And I think that's what's key, yeah. If mm -hmm. you have the ability, you, you mm -hmm. should do it. You shouldn't think to yourself, okay, yeah. it's not my responsibility. Exactly. And this is the thing. I mm -hmm. think that uh, it's your responsibility to plan your funeral. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not the responsibility of anybody else. Anybody else. You, put them in, you put them in a hall. That's you put very, them very in difficult. a situation which mm -hmm. is difficult, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, another topic which is uh, pertain around funerals mm -hmm. before we actually you know, mm -hmm. talk about the janazah mm -hmm. itself, the funeral, mm -hmm. is, you know, the person that's dying, mm -hmm. you know, what type of, how should they be, you know, not how mm -hmm. they should, should should they be thinking, but mm -hmm. what is the advice, for example, mm -hmm. to the person that's on their deathbed? Because mm -hmm. now, for example, say, for example, someone's, you know, they're at a hospital with COVID, mm -hmm. for example, and they get news that they're saying, okay, no, we need to put them on ventilation. Mm -hmm. Okay, when they say they're going to put you on ventilation, there's that real fear that yeah, you might not you're not, not going to make it out because mm -hmm. of the numbers. If you look at the probability, mm -hmm. I think it's 40% of people mm -hmm. that come on ventilation that come back out. Yeah. So what would, I mean, it's a real situation. It's okay, on ventilation, okay, what yeah. are you going to say to the it's person that's about to go on ventilation without scaring them without into thinking they're going to die? Exactly. And at the same time as well, yourself, how are you going to, Oh, well, that's a very, very good question. You know I mean? um, obviously, I can only answer to the, to the best of my ability. But obviously, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi said, أَكْثِرُوا مِنَ ذِكْرِ هَذِي مِنْ لَذَاتِ Remember death, the destroyer of pleasures. One thing that the ulama say regarding this person is it's very, very important for the person himself. Well, first and foremost, we have to understand that if a person's in a situation, and this is why Corona allows us to explore certain ahkam, which is quite good because... We're seeing a lot of things that the fuqaha talk about, that the scholars, that the juristic scholars talk about, because they say, for example, that it's very, very important when the person is either close to dying or we think they're going to die. And the reason why the scholars say we think they're going to die is because there wasn't hospitals at that time, so they could not determine whether or not the, 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 this marad is a marad that's going to kill him. So they say if we think he's going to die, it's very, very important. Number one, we don't annoy that, that, that person. So you can't say, you can't tell him, um, about the about the akhirah in an annoying way, where you're talking to him the way you're talking to a person who's alive and well. You're gonna to have to understand you're talking to someone whose mental faculty is probably um, not the same, maybe somewhat delusional, maybe someone who is more. Um, you know, sometimes a dying person or very sick person can become quite short with the person who's dealing with them. So you have to be very very gentle with them. Even the ulama talk about, you know, when the Prophet Muhammad listened, said, Laqtinu mawtakum la ilaha illallah, say la ilaha illallah to your, um, to your dead. The ulama say, for example, when you're talking to them, you don't say to the person, Qul la ilaha illallah, you don't say to him, say. Everyone around should gently just say things like la ilaha illallah and maybe talk about the akhirah and talk about Allah's rahmah with the person next to you without even saying that, yo, this is for you. You better make sure that you say la ilaha illallah because you're out of here in five minutes. Yeah, and you can't talk yeah, yeah. so that. in other words, you know, obviously the hadith when you yeah. say the person mm -hmm. His last statement is La ilaha illallah. Jannah. It's not now you're, you're thinking to yourself, you mm -hmm. want them to be the person mm -hmm. that goes to Jannah. Exactly. So you'll be like, as a, for example, as, mm -hmm. a, as, a, as a child to their parent mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, the other mm -hmm. way around, you'll be like, you know, please say this mm -hmm. statement so you can go. Mm -hmm. You know, instead mm -hmm. of saying that, you'll be like, 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 like yourself, exactly. so that they're going to listen, they can so that they listen and they can actually listen. Repeat. And yeah. obviously, we don't know the hal of the person when he's dying. Perhaps his last utterance is la ilaha illallah, but maybe all you hear is murmurings 
but you don't know. So don't always ju judge the apparent on does he have to say la ilaha illallah. A person who's dying is in sometimes a very difficult state. The ulama also state that sometimes to give them water to drink because a dead person or person that's in the hala, they call ihtidar, of dying is very thirsty, is very needy. Um, for the person himself, um, obviously it's very difficult to sometimes say you the person that's ill, but obviously a person at that time is naturally speaking going to be in a on a um in a somber mood and a in a feeling kind of uh, repentant. So obviously that person obviously needs to try their best to make peace with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ask Allah to forgive him. But like what you said when you said all the issue of it's upon you to pay for your own funeral, it's upon you now to have raised children that are going to even in the hal, even in the situation of you not being able to speak, you're not being able to do um, um to control your affairs, you should have left a generation children who know what to do for their sick father they know that when he dies we need to look at the people that maybe he was on bad terms with. we know that we have to pay his debts we know we have to do this and that for him you can't just leave chaos and expect that chaos to turn into order yeah do you have any things you want to say on the shahadu wahid afwan for the no, no, no no i think i agree obviously mm -hmm. you know what you're saying and um they can have a point another question i guess or, yeah. or yeah. just to yeah, speak yeah, about ahead, is you know the people crying mm. You know, you see, you know, you, you know, some people might think, okay, what are you crying for? You're not being patient. You know, or the person crying. Mm -hmm. You might think to the person, okay, why are you crying? You should have good mm -hmm. hopes of like you crying means that you're disappointed mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They may have the misconception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, for example, maybe having like uh, some type of uh, shakawa or mm -hmm. some type of speaking about, mm -hmm. you know, oh, you know, things that they're not going to be able to, you, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. don't matter. Okay, don't say that because mm -hmm. you're. That you're not you're displeased with mm -hmm. what Allah has decreed for you and mm -hmm. stuff like that, mm -hmm. and that isn't always the case. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, you mm -hmm. know, a person cries because they're because of sadness. It's an emotion which mm -hmm. is compassion. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and there's talk about how mm -hmm. crying is, uh, you know, is healing. When mm -hmm. you cry, mm -hmm. you know, saying you know, have a good cry, let mm -hmm. it out. For example, mm -hmm. it's a way of a person healing and feeling better afterwards. Instead of bottling it up, I think. You That's a I mean? very good thing that you say that you know, the Islam yeah, cried. As cried. Well. Yeah. People need to understand a very, a very, a very important point, and it's the fact that Islam does not tell you to block up your emotion. It teaches us to control our emotion. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to feel sad. That's part of the feeling. That's part of the uh, uh, what do you call it grieving process. The issue is being uh, in a state of um, calmness and trying to control that that feeling if you've lost a parent that's going to be devastating you being devastated does not mean your iman is low that's a that's a that's a very important thing like what you said so if you're crying as long as you're not wailing then inshallah ta'ala there's no problem you've lost somebody that obviously you find beloved so for a person to think that um as a muslim you have to bottle everything up then you're gonna have a brain aneurysm yeah you're yeah. gonna, you know, something else is gonna happen. Yeah. You have to let out your human emotions in accordance to the Sharia, yeah. and the Sharia gives you leeway to grieve. A, a, a grieving spouse is, is given more than four months yeah. to, 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 to grieve mourning. for us. Yeah, yeah mourning, mourning period. The widow. So the, the widow, widow. Yeah. That, so yeah. you have to understand that. Nah, that is the case. Now, when we look at, for example, um, why, why, why the Islam? When you look at, for example why Islam speeds up the burial process. In reality, that actually helps you to heal. If a person dies and it takes 28 days for you to bury them, you're in a stasis. You can't move on from the yeah. actual fact. When you actually bury the person, 
as horrible as it might seem, you're closing a door to your to a chapter in your life. And even though it's difficult, you're able to move on. But if there's like, for example, a period of 30 days sometimes yeah. to make all the family come and you know, everyone from Australia and this place yeah, and that place yeah. come for the big funeral. And then at the funeral, it's even more horrible. Yeah. That's an intensification so, of yeah, your So another point is mm-hmm. Islam. So mm-hmm. You should bury mm-hmm. as soon like, as possible, possible yeah. basically. You shouldn't mm-hmm. delay the burial. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that's, exactly, a, that's yeah. part of the mm-hmm. son of the Prophet Muhammad. Yes, Muhammad so like, straight away. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So and again, yeah. like you said, if... Um, I think especially now, one mm-hmm. of the issues, for example, I think, mm-hmm. uh, subhanAllah, with regards to especially COVID, mm-hmm. one of the problems in the non-Muslim uh, crema- mm-hmm. you know, cemeteries or mm-hmm. graveyards or you know funeral mm-hmm. services mm-hmm. now is that they're saying that, look, because it's taking so long to bury, mm-hmm. the bodies are piling up and there's nowhere to put the bodies because exactly. it takes so long to organize mm-hmm. the janazah, the funeral, mm-hmm. basically. Well, alhamdulillah, as Muslims, you get mm-hmm. buried the next day, if mm-hmm. not the day after. Mm-hmm. So it happens quickly, so they don't have that. Mm-hmm. And just on, an, on something that I read today, which is subhanAllah, shocking and sad, uh, and this is obviously you know one of the, uh, the burial gardens, they said this month they buried 490 Muslims in their burial garden, and the average in January last year was 109. Just to show you that you know death is all around us, basically, exactly. because of the COVID and exactly. stuff. So yeah, so you should bury quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what's next? What's your, what happens? Okay, now that, for example, you've... You've, okay, you've gone through that process where they planned their funeral. Mm-hmm. Okay, alhamdulillah, they've also, you know, you've spoken about the div- the advice on the deathbed, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you spoke a bit mm-hmm. about a little bit about mm-hmm. grieving, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another issue, which mm-hmm. is as a, as as you someone that knows someone else that died. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know someone, and their parents mm-hmm. just passed away, mm-hmm. or a parent, or they mm-hmm. they just lost a child. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you behave? As a Muslim towards some, your Muslim brother, your Muslim sister that lost someone in their life, how can you? I mean, obviously, inshallah ta'ala, obviously you have to obviously, number one, know the personality of the person that you're dealing with. And in accordance to their personality, you're going to deal with them in accordance. I mean, you're going to deal with a person in accordance with their personality. So if you know that this person's an introverted person, it might not be the best thing to be up in their face and saying to them, I'm so sorry. Even, you know, maybe leaving a missed call. Just so that they know, they might not be in a, in a, they might not even be able to speak to you. Sometimes people, some people don't want to speak to anyone. Um, so it's very, very important that you act tactfully towards them. You act in a way which is um, soothing, if you can. Um, you don't have to hound them and phone them and say, you know, obviously you have got ta'ziya, you have got the um, obviously the ability. But if I'm correct, ta'ziya can't be after three days. Can you give ta'ziyah? That's another issue. Yeah. You know? What's ta'ziyah? Ta'ziyah is to give, sorry, I'm so sorry. is to give um, your um, condolences, your condolences, your commiserations, exactly. And what's the du'a? There's a du'a that you mm-hmm. say that the Messenger of Allah taught us with regards to saying to the one that's lost somebody. Inna lillahi wa inna ilahi raji'oon, or is there another one? Lillahi ma a'atha wa lillahi ma akhara wa akhara wa akhara wa akhara wa akhara wa akhara so so that's obviously the dua that you say to a person and obviously what we have to understand is that sunnah is the best thing as ibn qayyim said that for us to um, um, limit ourselves upon the sunnah is better than try to, trying to do many, many good deeds upon that which is not from the sunnah. So it's very, very important to say the simple du'as, to say the simple kind of, um, uh, what do you call it, ta'ziya, and for us to kind of uh, allow the dead family to have their space. To the point where, unfortunately, in Muslim, many Muslim families, when the person dies themselves, 
uh, what do you call it? Um, they, uh, they, uh, what do you call it? Um, they make food for everybody else. When in fact, when I think it was Ja'far, I'm not sure if it was Ja'far, one of the companions, one of the companions died, or, or uh, the Prophet Muhammad said, Isna'u li ali Ja'farin ta'aman, or whoever the companion was, Something has come which has made them busy to even think about cooking. Yeah. So the community came and brought them cooking. So sometimes even taking care of some of the basic needs, because sometimes when you're in a state of grief, it makes you so busy that you forget sometimes the normal uh, functions of your day, which shows, which goes back to your previous question of grief. The, the Prophet says that we should um, cook for our, our neighbors or our Muslim brothers who have died because the level of grief has stopped them from being able to cook. So if that's the case of cooking, um, we know we can obviously see that Islam allows us to talk about or to, I mean, Islam allows us grief. to grieve yeah. now. now. Yeah. So, yeah, mm -hmm. and I think uh, that highlights mm -hmm. an important point as well, which mm -hmm. is how you you know helping. Mm -hmm. So it's a case of uh, you know maybe it's, like you said, you don't want to kind of hound the person, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. give them space, mm -hmm. but at the same time, let them know just let them know that you're there mm -hmm. if it's a text message. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you know. Can I help? Just mm -hmm. let me know. And mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's the text message because they not they don't want to speak to they don't mm -hmm. want to speak to anyone because they've you know they're they're feeling grieving and stuff like that. Exactly. That's yeah. also I think really mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. um, okay. One of the things that comes up is what you can do for the deceased because mm -hmm. you always you know a question's come up a lot recently mm -hmm. for, to me specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what. You know, my family are saying I can do this, I can do that. What okay. can you do? What benefits the deceased after they've passed away primarily? What's ben what actually benefits them? Okay, so obviously some of the ulama, they say, for example, and this is just a general rule, and obviously some ulama might have different different uh, sayings, but some ulama of the opinion and major classical scholars, they say, um, then it is permissible for you to do it on the dead person. Every kind of uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, action that you're able to do for a second party or a second party is able to do for you, then you're able to do it, for example, for the dead person. So you're able to do Hajj for the person. You're able to do Umrah for the, for the dead person. You're able to give Sadaqah for the dead person. But then now, we, even though that's the case, we need to ask ourselves, we don't want to look for anything we can do for the dead person, for the mayyid. We want to do what's best for the mayyid. So with regards to what's best for the mayyid, um, obviously, mashallah, there's this new phenomena, obviously because it's on, you know, obviously because of social media, mashallah. Um, and it's a good thing. It shows that Muslims have khair, that when a person dies, practicing on practicing be as it may the first thing people want to do is open up like a gofundme account whereby um we pay to, to, to maybe grow an olive tree or to grow or to give some mushafs on this person's behalf and things like that i think also number one the prophet Muhammad said that when a slave dies three things benefit them number one uh uh, uh you know nafir. Uh, beneficial knowledge, the ongoing 
or whatever. Which is like WACF, basically. Like a WACF, like left yeah, behind, yeah, exactly. Which is managed, so, yeah, which exactly. continues to benefit yeah, exactly. people. Exactly, through, exactly. Yeah. And a WACF is obviously like an endowment or something like, yeah. you, like you said. Or, وَلَدٌ صَالِحْ يَدْعُو لَهُ Or a pious child, uh, a, a pious young man who makes da'wah for his father. And it can be any, it's a man or woman. The Prophet Muhammad is in the Arabic language and the person speaks in the, obviously, you know, with male pronouns. It's, as long if it's not specific to males, it applies to everyone. Yeah. So what the ulama say is this, and Ibn Uthameen says this, and I heard it from Shaykh Khalid as well, um, is this, is look, all the other actions are good, but the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu specified for a person who is not rich and for a person that didn't have knowledge is for them to leave behind a pious child that makes dua. So dua, we know that dua specifically helps the mayyit, it helps the dead person because the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam la yathkur illa al-ahsan. He only tells us that which is the best. So the fact that he's telling us to make dua for the mayyit shows that the small deed is sometimes the best deed. Before we try our best to, you know, open up uh, a madras in the brother's name or build a well in Africa or something like that, make sure you make dua for the mayyit. You make mm. dua for him, sincere dua. Um, because this can help him the akhirah because the Prophet Muhammad told us that this is what can be done. Um, and then obviously you can do things like uh, giving charity and, and other than that. So, Sheikh, do you have anything else you want to you wanna say on that topic? No, no, I think just 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 yeah. another thing. Also, uh, when the Prophet Muhammad said, "Waladun Salih yad'u lahu," you know, obviously, it's just very, very important. Obviously, we give our children obviously tarbiyah so that they can make du'a for us. Obviously, after we die. Yeah. So now, um, yeah, so, I, I think that's really obviously the yeah. the role of your family mm-hmm. in uh, continuing your. Mm-hmm. Your, your legacy your basically legacy. your good deeds mm-hmm. and your benefit mm-hmm. in this world in mm-hmm. life they're, they're, in, they're an extension of you basically so your children are an extension of you yeah. you know your family mm-hmm. is an extension of you mm-hmm. their children inshallah mm-hmm. so if you want to leave behind something which is going to be good mm-hmm. and what you can leave behind which is good in addition to you know any inheritance or wealth that you leave behind exactly is obviously benefiting them by mm-hmm. teaching them and mm-hmm. cultivating them and educating mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and inshallah you have to put Dua, trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dua is key, obviously. Exactly. Um, another point that I think is, um, I think we'll make this a last point because mm-hmm. it's it's, uh, it's a bit controversial, is, mm-hmm. is regards to Tadawi or seeking cure for illnesses. Mm-hmm. So the uh, reason we mention it, some people say, okay, look, uh, you know, COVID, you know, uh, you know, COVID, the vaccine, do I take the vaccine, don't take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not trying to, we're not, I'm not saying, Tell them should they or shouldn't they? Mm. You know, it's up to them. But with regards to seeking cure, mm. there's sometimes a misunderstanding between, for example, having tawakkul and and uh, you know seeking a cure, mm-hmm. or not even a misunderstanding. More to do with the fact that uh, you know there's this uh, okay. Even in in the culture that I was mm. in, okay, your body can cure itself. Why do you need to take medicine? Every I just eat right. And you'll be mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, make sure you blend those celery sticks and put some kale in, <laughs> and some beetroot, and you'll be fine. Huh? Yeah, some What's guacamole or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah take, like, that, take yeah. natural remedies. Sea moss and all yeah. that. Yeah, without there being, without criticizing natural remedies or mm-hmm. herbal remedies because they have benefit. They obviously, have benefit. there's no doubt about it. Eating healthy is also good. All that stuff is good. What's your what's I mean? What does Islam say first of all on taking medicine? Because that's the whole point. No. 
obviously there's a hadith, mm -hmm. you know, seek your black seed. Exactly. exactly. Now, seek exactly. your with mm -hmm. black seed, black meaning seed. that mm -hmm. don't say, okay, I'm mm -hmm. going to have to work on mm -hmm. my body cures itself, mm -hmm. uh, my immune mm -hmm. system's strong. Mm -hmm. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what's on that point? Exactly. And then we'll bring it around to yep. the vaccine, mm -hmm. inshallah. So obviously the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us uh, not to do um, not to do tadawi we should not do uh, we should not seek a cure with haram so the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we need to understand about this hadith okay tadawi wala tadawi bil haram you have two things we need to understand we have to understand what's been said and what's been uh, inferred al mantuq wal mafhum yeah. what's been said is do not seek Cure with haram. So what we can infer from that, which is what the ulama uh, call al-mafhum, what we can infer and understand from the hadith is we can take a cure from everything that is halal. halal okay. So as long as it's permissible, you're allowed to take a cure. Now I want to ask everyone a question. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kuru So take from that which is which is good from the earth, from that which we have given you. Okay. Can I say to you right now that I'm not going to eat any food. I'm going to have to work on Allah because Allah said that He will give risk to His ibad. So I'm waiting for the risk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come. And then insha'Allah ta'ala, uh, uh, Allah will give me His risk and it will enrich me on its own. No, I have to make a physical effort to go and eat. Okay. So right now, if a person is sick, they have to make a physical effort to try their best to get better. If you eat, does that mean that you're having tawakkul on the food? Or do you know that your life is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know that your life is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And eating food is a means of survival that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put on the earth. Likewise, the pill that you're swallowing, it might look like something which is foreign from you, but everything in that pill came from the earth. Yeah, it's yeah. just gone through a process of transformation. Like that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Penicillin comes from, you know, natural things. Paracetamol, yeah. all these things come yeah. from, believe it or not, trees and other things like yeah. that that are extracted from herbs and other things. So it's just a, um, it's just something which has been mixed. And obviously we know the debates on the pharmaceutical industry. We're not going to get into that. We understand that there's obviously an industry behind everything. But, an, uh, but as the ulama talk about a Muslim who is a normal Muslim, as the ulama call wasatul khilqa, an average person, if they are sick, they should obviously take a cure. Now, um, with regards to taking a cure, um, does that mean now that a person has full tawakkul on the pill rather than Allah? I don't think any Muslim, generally speaking, normal average Muslim thinks that. Unfortunately, because of uh, many Muslims' apprehension towards um, many things for many reasons, uh, the concept of going to a hospital, the concept of seeking uh, medical and professional help is something that we're somewhat lacking in. So we don't sometimes get help when we actually need help. Mm. And that's something that, inshallah ta'ala, we should try to tackle. Okay, just on the COVID mm. vaccine specifically, mm -hmm. uh, it's something which is a lot of Muslims are apprehensive of and mm -hmm. non-Muslims as well. Mm -hmm. I'll, can I put you on the spot? Okay. If you offer the vaccine, are you going to take it? I'm going to take the vaccine. I had COVID-19 and it was absolutely horrible. So I am going to definitely take the vaccine. Okay. No. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to take the vaccine. I'm going to take the COVID-19 vaccine. If you offer the vaccine, are you going to take it? Is that a yes? He's nodding his head. I know head. you take going to that's take it. Behind, that's the guy behind the Baba Doom there. MashaAllah. Set up behind him. Allahumma barik. Allahumma barik. Allahumma barik. Allahumma barik. Inshallah, yeah, yeah. If I'm offered the COVID vaccine, yeah. Yeah, then I'm gonna, I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, I think there's a lot. Once somebody said something, I think it's, it was quite profound. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to get COVID or do you want to take the vaccine? Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. The numbers of people that are dying of COVID are there. They're in your face, you mm -hmm. know them. Mm 
-hmm. Okay, the numbers of people that are affected negatively by the vaccine to the point of death mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are not just marginal. Mm -hmm. Where are they? Do you mm -hmm, get what I mean? Okay, mm -hmm, no one knows mm -hmm. the long term effects. So not mm -hmm. everyone knows the long term effects of vaccines. They mm -hmm. don't last longer than five mm -hmm. months or whatever. Mm -hmm. now, I'm, not, I'm not saying, for example, and I'm not saying that you should do it or mm -hmm. that someone else should do it. Mm -hmm. But the point is, uh, I don't think that there's a valid fear around it no. based upon the uh mm -hmm. the of it so far basically and mm -hmm. and we're talking about no vaccine and this is a point that we're going to see no vaccine has been tested or has been not tested has been used on a global scale like the covid, like the COVID vaccine, vaccine yeah. in his, history mm -hmm. historically mm -hmm. that i know of basically mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know this has got this is rolling out on a global scale so mm -hmm. the numbers are there yeah. regards to it being haram because mm -hmm. there's some components in it then it's important not to speculate mm -hmm. Islam doesn't allow us to speculate, exactly. to spread rumors, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't permit that at all. It, what's in the vaccine, the vaccine, as I think one of these uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, people on Instagram mentioned, is that, you know, it's vegan. It doesn't have any. Mm -hmm. Of course, it doesn't have anything which is impermissible. Not, exactly. Just to see if there's any questions, and we'll stop with 100%. questions, inshallah. Uh, someone said... We'll come back to the COVID vaccine. If you've got any questions, just post them up, inshallah, on the, mm -hmm. on the Instagram. Is there any on YouTube? There's a question here. What, what dua specifically is best to make for the dead? For the dead? No. Okay. Do you want to take that? Do you want to ask? No, it's fun, it's fun. Uh, the, obviously, the best, the best thing to ask for, the best thing to ask for is to ask for genital for the dose. Mm -hmm. That's one. So number one, ask if uh, the messenger said, if you're going to ask, ask for, ask for, for the dose. For the dose, and this is, I think, an important point. Uh, you can take a principle from that. Mm -hmm. The Muslim, as a Muslim in life, mm -hmm. uh, he's always seeking mm -hmm. the best thing, the it's best and the highest exactly. of uh, of mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So in his in in and it's in every aspect. Mm -hmm. If he aspires to be an engineer, he aspires to be the be best, best engineer. engineer. If he yeah. aspires to be a scholar, he aspires to be, be the best uh, the best scholar, mm -hmm. you know, if it uh, reaches it or not, that's something else. So, mm -hmm. inshallah, the best there are for them is the for us. And obviously, you know, um, asking about making sure, uh, asking for Allah to forgive them, sadaqah, no. And another thing I would want to say is one of the best things to happen to the dead person also is to pray salat al janazah over them. No. Janaz, Salat al-Janazah is not a formality A lot of people say Akhi, We pray Salat al-Janazah What can we do for the dead The fact that you did Salat al-Janazah on the dead Is a rahmah in and of itself Because no. the point of Salat al-Janazah Is for, for the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To descend upon the dead person itself It's not a formality It's not like the dead person is going to receive nothing From the Salat al-Janazah If that's the case The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Would not have written I mean would not have refused to uh, Pray behind people who are dead People that killed themselves The Prophet when a person killed himself, um, he had like a thin blade, he killed himself, he stabbed himself to death. And Muhammad said, Pray upon uh, your companion, pray upon this man of yours. He never said that because of the fact that the person is going to, you know, he's a kafir. He did that to show that. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm trying to um, do zajr, I'm trying to uh, rebuke his action so he doesn't gain the prophetic dua that would allow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah to be upon him. So getting the salat al-janazah right and understanding it, knowing it, knowing the ad'iya, the, the duas of the salat al-janazah is very, very important yeah. because that itself benefits no. the dead person. There was the, there's a hadith about if there's no mawahid mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. upon tawheed except yeah. that a specific number of people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. attend the janazah mm -hmm. except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives forgive, them, forgive them exactly, of their sins. Exactly. So, so the, 40 people. 40 people, that, yeah. yeah. So there's, yeah. there's mm -hmm. it's important that exactly. people exactly. attend the 
funeral exactly, exactly. of the and it's it's from the haq al-muslim al muslim mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Exactly. To, from the Janazah to exactly. follow the exactly. funeral procession. Exactly. So, and it's Fard Kifaya, it's an exactly. obligation. Fard Kifaya, exactly. Well. So, the exactly. funeral is important, attending it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And attending it doesn't just mean the Salah, also means going to the graveyard, to the burial, and, to the exactly. burial and burying, mm -hmm. and making dua. Because mm -hmm. after the after the funeral, mm -hmm. you stand and you make dua for the, for the dead person, for the dead for person, and all that. For the because mm -hmm. he's going to be questioned, questioned in his grave. Exactly, exactly. There's a lot, a lot of issues around mm -hmm. funerals mm -hmm. and what happens mm -hmm. after a person mm -hmm. dies. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have another question. Um, does the dead feel anything when they get put into the freezer? Good question. That's a very good question. I know. Uh, do you think it's worth answering, Sheikh Abdul Wahid? Uh, Allah Ta'ala Alam, I don't know. I mean, from what I obviously, yeah. I, I did a, I did a university uh, course, it was called, it was called uh, at Al-Fiqh uh, al in the University of Qasim, and uh, what we did was um, we spoke about this particular issue. And, uh, you know, these alat tabreed, as they're called, you know, these fridges. Yeah. Um, obviously, what we know, there's no hadith, which is sarih, which is, um, which is clear-cut, which shows us that the dead person, uh, what do you call it, feels, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, um, uh, uh, anything where they die, the, and the explanation for the hadith of breaking the leg for the Muslim uh, in for a dead for a dead person in life is is just a case as in death. That is generally speaking. Uh, from uh, this is the ulama, many of the ulama have the opinion that this is from um, this is in terms of hurma, in terms of sanctity of the dead person. The sanctity of a dead person in life is the same as in death, but that does not necessarily equate to the fact that a person, uh, a dead person is going to feel the fact that they're in a fridge. And that's for a few reasons. Number one, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, told us what's going to happen to that dead person. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَا اللَّهُ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُوا عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَأَنْ لَا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبِشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوَعَدُونَ نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءَكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ إِلَى آخِرَةِ That the angels will come descend, take the dead body up, and obviously there's other hadith that he'll go above the heavens and say who this person is. That can't happen if he's feeling and he's in the, uh, what do you call it, and he is, he is in the, uh, the the morgue. Another thing is, Allah said, وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِظَلَّامٍ لِلْعَبِيدِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not a oppressor to his slaves. Once you have left the Darul Akhirah, as a dead person, you can. Um, once you have dead left this uh, this this dunya, and you're in the barzakh, you can no longer come to the dunya. So you can't feel that which is in the dunya. So even what happens to you in the barzakh, the people of the dunya can't see it, can't witness it, and you cannot feel and eat and do what the people of the dunya do. You've changed realm. Yeah. Um, and that just leads on to Afwan, the issue of autopsies. We know that obviously as a Muslim, you should not have autopsies. Obviously, we're not supposed to do that to the dead. But if that happens to happen, uh, a tashrih, as they call it, for, 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 the, for, the, for the autopsy to happen, then obviously the dead person, inshallah ta'ala, will not feel that because um, obviously we like, are based on what just passed. But that doesn't mean it's supposed to be done. It's only supposed to be done if there are mitigating circumstances that have caused an autopsy to happen. Yeah. Not for the sake of anything. Yeah. So it wouldn't come under, for example, the yeah. tahrim of, mm -hmm. or the thing of them, you know, mm -hmm. breaking the bones or mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. in the hadith. Mm -hmm. But someone asked a question with regards to uh, the du'a of, no, it was to do with, hold on a second, let me find this question. <coughs> uh, does a dying person know that he's dying, i.e., does a dying person know that he's dying? I mean, from what I understand, there's a hadith that show that the person, you know, uh, dying, there's there's a difficulty, Sakratul Maut, for example, exactly. the difficulties of mm -hmm. death, 
you know in the الموت الى سكرات يعني بروفيسور soul leaving the body of a believer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leaves easily the soul of a disbeliever mm-hmm. as if it's going for a comb mm-hmm. you know yeah it's you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. there's 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 pains and there's mm-hmm. no, there's a knowledge and an awareness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. a person dying exactly Allah. any other questions or we're going to um, close there should we muslims write a will even if we are young uh, with regards to writing a will then Uh, if you have wealth, first of all, you have to, you should write a will. Mm-hmm. The message of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi said the person who has something to leave behind, wealth, shouldn't let a day pass except that he writes a will. And that might need updating, uh, you know, when things happen. So wills need to be updated if mm-hmm. something changes, for example, in mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. circumstances. Uh, you know, so if you're wealthy, definitely, even if you're young, someone might be young and inherited loads of money. Okay, they, they might be young, 20, 23, 24, but they also know what they want to do. They want to give a third their weight. They want to do something. Well, now me? this is a very important question because you said that the brother asked will and uh, in the Arabic language or in the English language, a will is what you leave behind. In the Arabic language, we have a wasiyah and then yeah. we have um, the tarika. Yeah. So the wasiyah is what is a third that you can give prior to the distribution of your wealth yeah. that will go to members of your family whether or not you uh, agree with it or not so yeah. in islam in terms of the, the uh, your will you can't give all your money to a dog or something like that your yeah. money is going to be split in accordance to islamic inheritance shit to abate whether you like it or not then you've got the wasiyah yeah. and obviously sa'ad ibn abdul waqqas went to the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said something of the lines of usi bi mali kullihi so should i give all of my or, or all of my all of my wealth rasul said no and then he said bishatri half of it Rasul said no and he said bithuluthi and the prophet says what athuluthu wa thuluthu kathir that a third and a third is a lot so wasiya is Um, a third of your wealth is what you give um, to uh, prior to your death. Yeah. But but there will be an amount that will go to your relatives, father, mother, brothers, sister, possibly, and son and daughter, or sons and daughters, uh, uncles, uh, uh, grandparents if they're alive. If and your parents are dead, or think we know. Yeah, but yeah, there's a pertin- there's a pertin- there's a there's a certain amount that will go uh, 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 to certain people. Which is um, your in, which is part of your inheritance, which is after you die. Yeah. So could you quickly, Sheikh Abdul Wahid, just say um, the difference? Some people say will. I used to understand a will to be qismu uh, tarika uh, yeah. giving away wealth, uh, giving away your your wealth after you die. Yeah. Wasiyah, Basically, yeah, no. you, so mm-hmm. I think the mm-hmm. for highlighting the point. Your wasiya is you saying stuff like, okay, make you know, bury me quickly. Don't travel. Don't take my body to another country. Mm-hmm. Bury me in a Muslim graveyard. Don't bury me amongst non-Muslims, for example. Mm-hmm. I ensuring that you have a, mm-hmm. you know, burial. Don't wait yeah. over me. Yeah. Don't don't do stuff which mm-hmm. is impermissible according to the Sharia. That's your mm-hmm. wasiya. Mm-hmm. Even to your son, saying to your son, mm-hmm. Allah, mm-hmm. maintain your salawat. Mm-hmm. You know, be show be kind to people that are uh, below you as well. Leaving mm-hmm. the wasiya yeah. advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, as well, if you've got wealth, you say in there that you want to give a third of it, mm-hmm. up to a third of it. Mm-hmm. In, and you say, for example, you know, you want to leave some to the masjid and to this mm-hmm. person or that person, you can give away up to a third. Mm-hmm. Right? That's your wasiyah. Uh, as for your inheritor, your mm-hmm. money, your wealth, mm-hmm. when you die, there's a port that goes to your inheritors is stipulated in the Quran. You have no say over that. Mm-hmm. You can't, and something which is common here in the UK because of the The, uh, the system here is mm-hmm. that your next of kin. 
i.e. goes to your next of kin. Your next of kin will be your spouse, for example, mm -hmm. in the case of being married. Kids, yeah. uh, the problem there is that's not what Islam says. Mm -hmm. So now, as a Muslim that has wealth, you have, you have to, to make sure yeah. that you stipulate in your wasiya mm -hmm. that also your, your inheritance to has to be distributed in accordance to, Islamic in accordance law. to the Islamic law. Yeah. And this is a person that you're trying exactly. to do and so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's really key as well with regards mm -hmm. as it connects to funerals exactly. and dying. And, mm -hmm. and like you mentioned before, mm -hmm. There are certain things that come out before mm -hmm. the inheritors get mm -hmm. any money. Yeah. Debts that have to be paid, paid yeah. that has to come out before. Your mm -hmm. funeral expenses comes out before mm -hmm. even the debts that are mm -hmm. paid. The debts that are owed to people mm -hmm. and the debts that are owed, for example, a life you haven't performed Hajj, for mm -hmm. example, that comes mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And there's a list of things, inshallah, mm -hmm. that obviously you know uh, is studied in the courses on inheritance and stuff like that. So I think that's it. I know you've yeah. got another talk coming up, yeah, inshallah. Yeah, Allah, so, Barakah Fikum, Jazakallah Khairan for joining us on this discussion. And inshallah, perhaps we can uh, do it again sometime. Yeah, inshallah. Jazakallah Khairan. Assalamu alaikum.